Hello, welcome to episode number 326 of the Apolog Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by AIXDSP.com, the affordable and useful plugins for your digital audio workstation. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your audio at all times. Click the link in the description for more information. Audio nerd stuff. Go support my work on a monthly basis by going to patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with my hosting and gas fees. You can cancel at any time. Gas, I got an electric car now. It's my electric fees. Ha ha. Uh, go buy a t-shirt by going to appalock.ca slash shop. If you listen to the show on iTunes, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show, on, and give it five stars, please. Like and share on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SimonHead666. And now my Instagram, warning, fair warning, it's all just pictures of my bicycle. Okay? No, I'm not, that's not code for anything. I said that last week, but anyways. Today on the show, I have Pete from The Sweet Kill. The Sweet Kill have announced a new album as well as a single on Spotify called Darkness. Now, I didn't really know Pete that well, but I do know that band Flash Bastard that he used to play in. He's a good guy to talk to. If you like The Cure and Joy Division, you'll like this band. So I'll put all those links in the description because I don't actually have the actual file with me, but you can, I'll put all the streaming stuff. You can listen to it there. There's also a video. Okay. So everybody, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Pete from the band Sweet Kill on the Apple Podcast. It's good to meet you. Welcome to the show. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Um, so you're based originally Vancouver, right? I, yeah, born and bred, British Columbia, Vancouver, and uh, now I'm living in LA. What part of Vancouver? Uh, the mean streets of Dunbar. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I was just out that way. I lived out there for a little while, too, in the 90s. I worked for SNFU out there for a while. Oh, no way. Yes. So that's sort of how that's, I lived out there. And I was going to live out there. I was going to stay there because it's, it's kind of awesome weather-wise. And uh, I, just, I just moved home. I, I missed home, I guess. <laughs> and home is for you in what, Toronto? Yeah, just north of Toronto. I'm about an hour outside of the city. Oh, cool. Awesome. In this fine mess you see, about, about, yeah, my playpen. Um. Yeah, we all need a man cave. It is. Well, it's only a quarter of it. The rest of it is teenager and laundry facility. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, man. So, I mean, uh, yeah. So, being how, when did you end up moving down that way to LA? It was a while ago, actually. Um, it was in 2006 I moved down. Um, and I joined this band. It was sort of this band that managed to get a lot of recognition. They're originally from Vancouver. Um, and so everyone and their dog was just coming in as a 02 and an 01 visa on this band. And, and so it was pretty much the Canadian band in LA. And I was one of the last to join. 
So I was given, uh, you know, I was granted a visa as a result of this project we were working on. And every time Kobe Bryant would dunk or every time something would happen as far as like a new TV show was up and around, this song that I worked on was all over, you know, uh, the, the arenas, the Staples Center, uh, TV shows, MTV, whatever. And it was really interesting because um, the song was called More Bounce in California. So it became this kind of cult classic where uh, a lot of universities and their sororities would have this song be their anthem. So we got more bounce in Kappa Sigma. We got more bounce in Alpha Delta or whatever those uh, college fraternities would have. And that would be part of their hazing rituals. And it got so um, a cult phenomena that SNL did a skit on it called Slow Motion Hallway. Because wow. this song was everywhere you'd go. So, yeah. It's amazing how the society gloms onto something, eh? Like, it's like, you do something, you do your whole life, and, and you try, you make some great art, and then something hits. And there's no explanation to it. It just happens. No mm -hmm. one, people who say they know how that works are lying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's just, yeah. and there's an opportunist type of situation where the business starts jumping in and, and, and these are all these things. It's sort of, it's really hard being an artist in that case, right? When something hits to the point where like, you have no idea how and why it happened. Yeah, it's, it's unpredictable. It's a million and one or a billion and one really, yeah. uh, because the guy who wrote the song that I ended up co-producing, um, he was in a glam band. Like he was the farthest thing from this kind of hip hop song that he wrote. So it was such a weird, you know, but the song he got, he went, he bounced from like major label to major label off of this song. Yeah. So, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. And then, so being a part of it is, is obviously exciting. Cause then you can kind of open up doors and do other things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, yeah. And, and to, to sort of do that in a way that's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it feels like if to me it feels kind of like a young man's game or person's game. Like, you know, how how did what how long ago was this? This was uh well, 2006, yeah, yeah, so, so we're talking how long ago? 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. You, down there the whole time, huh? Oh yeah, totally. I I um because of the needs that I have as an artist, I need to have the access to being able to do a bass and bass track at like two in the morning or yeah. a drum track at four in the morning so i have i found this spot in hollywood that enables me to do that that i have a literal man cave uh you can sort of see the door to the other room right there mm -hmm. where we have it's pretty much half underground and we can make music at all hours of the, 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 the day so i sort of when i found this place i just latched onto it because it just enables me to be able to be creative whenever i feel the juices uh you know whenever they attack me yeah, I I had one of those places for a while. I loved it. I loved it. And it used to be in my basement. And I'd go down there and I'd have a song in the shower and then it'd be written by the time I... Nice! Yeah, by the time I, you know, went to do the thing that I was doing that day, you know? And mm -hmm. yeah, it's... Uh, so you, you write music, you produce music, you um, you play music. Um, it's it's exciting to be sort of... sort of I, I always find it exciting for people who can actually just keep doing it, you know, and, and make a means to an end and pay their bills and make things exciting and, and have a life, you know, it's, it's, uh, I always appreciate that type of, uh, artistry and, uh, it's obviously not easy, right? No, it's, it's, 
it's really odd. Sometimes I get lost in the shuffle of life and I got to hustle and, and make do. And I found myself, I did a 13 Korean pop albums in one year. In addition to an album for a band that I was in at the time as well. So it was, you know, it, it can be, it's just about managing time, but it's also like, it can be daunting at times when I get lost in the realm of like earning and, and helping others with my skill set as an engineer, studio owner, producer, songwriter, collaborator, multi-instrumentalist, all that stuff. People like latch onto that. And, I, mm -hmm. and I'm totally all about like serving the art of what it is that they want to do. And then sometimes my path gets a little bit put over here for a moment. Um, mm -hmm. But there's always something that's going around ruminating, you know, anything from like a movie or a TV show or something to get me like kickstarted back into like, the realm that I'm writing within, which is the dark and gothic, dark wave, post-punk realm, which is essentially pretty emo, but it's also very specific genre-wise, like yeah. the sounds. And it's just like stuff that I like. I, I can't not make a bass do super high melodies. I just, when I first heard Peter Hook, I was blown away. And then I, then I, you know, graduated to Simon Gallop. And that sort of blew my mind on how you can harmonize as a bass player, not necessarily root it down and, the ACDC sense, but you know, like the, the embellishments that you could do creatively, musically, melodically on a bass. Yeah. Oh my God. So that's yeah. where I got like, so that's always swimming around. I just, it's a matter of where it comes out and when is <laughs> to be determined. Yeah. Are you, so yeah. And it, it, it makes me think that, you know, and I know this, that it's being an artist today, a musician and an artist, it, you have to kind of wear many hats. You can't just be the artist anymore. You have to, you have to sort of make sure that you have your compartment set up to be able to one feeds the other and then one keeps you close to the other. Um, and, and that's, that's really hard to manage these days and, you know, difficult, right? Well, yeah. And I found something kind of interesting that in my attention to detail, as far as fidelity is concerned, it actually, all that I know it's, it's in the specific most recent album I released darkness. It's almost like a, a simplification of everything that I learned and have I, and I've applied over the years. It's like almost dumbed down in the sense of, I don't have to have it sound pristine in the epic reverb cavernous hangs be a certain frequency. Like I can actually just have it be uh, minimal yeah. and, and the simplicity of just that is really kind of been a process for me because I'm so used to making something sound so epically cinematic that within the realm that I'm writing now, it's like, it doesn't have to have that fidelity. In fact, it might sound better a little bit lo-fied. Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting sort of thing that I've learned over the years, like making money and making a living at making things sound super epically theatrical and fidelity wise, fidelity driven. It's like, no, 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 we don't have to do that at all. Actually it sound better if it sounded like shit, like, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Perspective is everything too. Right. Cause that's, you know, you should always be like sort of ready to sort of pivot in whatever direction you need to pivot in because it's where the inspiration takes you. If you start Absolutely. painting yourself into a corner of what you are, then it's going to make it more difficult to be that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, well said. Thank you. And, and I, I find that like, as, a, as so, so darkness is, is a thing that I've super codified and I'm really excited about. And now like the next level, I'm sort of like drifting a little bit more into Hans Zimmer-esque type soundscapes, you know? So I'm sort of like, and, and I'm 
I feel like organically pulled into that realm. I don't feel like, okay, this is like a strategical move that I'm going to like, that's the next sound. I just feel like that, you know, all I've been listening to being in LA driving around in traffic, it's insane. So like <laughs> literally the anti road rage playlist that I listen to is uh classical music. Yeah. So, and I just found that there's certain nuances and certain like Rachmaninoff and Shostakovich and these Russian dudes that are super, um, prolific in their approach to counterpoint and and harmonic tension is sort of now like it's just it's buried deep within me it's like it's like unlocking or or maybe the seed got planted and it's growing whatever you want to however you want to look at it mm -hmm. but that's sort of like where it's going and yeah as you said re regarding being regarding pivoting mm -hmm. it's like that feels like there's this organic pull in that direction yeah and that's the wondrous part of being a musician today i think too that you know, it used to be back in the day, you'd be chasing a hit or something or trying to, or, or trying to live up to something. And now it just seems like, listen, there's an audience out there. You just got to go find it and it'll, yes. be, it'll be there. Well, in fact, they'll find you. Yeah. And that, that takes the pressure off. It's like, I'll just do my thing and then not chase. And then just allow that, 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 um, that, that organic, um, rapport to occur. Yeah. I, I trust that more than I ever have. Yeah, yeah. Now. That fucking audio's come back again. <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe because I moved? I, did you move? Yeah. A little bit. Oh, that, there you go. There's a problem. It, so just, it worked when you reloaded. Just, <laughs> you just chill just... out. Okay. <laughs> Shall I reload again? Yeah, try reloading. Simon? Yeah, okay, yeah please. There we are. I promise not to move. That's so weird. I mean, it's so clean now. And it might just be a timing thing. It might just be like, hey, after a certain time, your internet's going like, hey, what's going on here? Are you uh, plotting something? Hmm. <laughs> right. The FBI is just like, are these guys doing some shit? I heard yeah. goth. I heard gothic. I'm I'm anticipating another Columbine. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I can hear they're slurping on their coffees right now. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's trouble. And that's probably David Lynch stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so so with the new project are are you planning yeah are you gonna do take it live or what 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 is the plans for it absolutely uh i was in the process of uh waiting for some legal documents to come in and so i was unable to leave uh the country but now those legal documents have come in so but i think it's kind of it's a it came at the time when like you know we're almost halfway we're more than halfway done this year yeah. so i think i'm thinking more like 2023 would be the push i mean we, we we're doing a, like a little there's a bdsm club down the street called bar sinister and we're going to be doing the debut of this so the first live show uh, all of 2022 will be occurring november 26th so that's to sort of and i and just with all like the the supply chain issues the germany the german record label has now sent the vinyl over so i've received the cds they took like two months to just clear customs and all that <laughs> stuff supply chain stuff so the the vinyl is en route and when i get the vinyl uh, i i uh it could be late september but more likely october that's why i booked the show in november just to be safe yeah because i want to have like all of that stuff available i think it's going to do really well the way that bar sinister is set up is like a kiosk so when you walk in that corridor um there's like goth paraphernalia everywhere there's there's shirts there's designs there's graphics there's 
jewelry and and then there'll be my stuff the, the the vinyl and the cd which i'm really excited about yeah yeah no i got a link to the to your to your um band camp and i was like it's all in euros what's going on here so that that explains it now that there's a german label behind it yes yeah yes yeah yeah i love germany i love that country so much it's been a while since i've been there i i yeah i remember i landed in dusseldorf and yeah and, yeah dudseldorf that's what we used to call it <laughs> <laughs> No, we'd we'd fly into Frankfurt and go to Cologne, and then sometimes I'd have to go a couple of days to get a van, and then and then meet the band somewhere else. And because I was sort of the guy in the band, but I was also the tour manager, so it was like, but I it's just something about the country. I don't know what it is. I think I do. It feels like just feels like a country of just people who love music so much that they're not. It's like this weird stoicism though, where it's like, I love your band. You know what I mean? Like it's like okay. All right, I, I trust you. I believe you. It's no like yeah. there's no like, you know, yeah, you guys are all right. It's like no, no. It's like they'll tell you if they didn't like your first song. Like your first song was shit, but your but your second song was you know, I love it. I love that. I I don't know why. I just love it so much. Yeah, I loved dealing with these guys business wise. They have a super simple contract. They're straight to the point. My lawyer was just like, yeah, these guys are like. You know, they're there. It's a great contract. Just sign it. It's fine. And it was not much of a back and forth because it was just straight to the point. Yeah. 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 Record label deals are like memo pages now. Right. Which used to be like yeah. a, a, like a Bible, of, you know, of, of like this, you know, inch thick yeah. of, of layman in terms that only lawyers could read. Yeah. Yeah. And they were happy about that. More <laughs> hours for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, because I, I work with a band in Toronto and, uh, called Lois of the Low, and they talk like about now when you get a record deal, it's just a one page with bullet points. Love it. Everything good? Yep. You're good. We're good. Okay. Yeah. Off we go. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you obviously plans to go there and perform. And do you put a band together? Well, yeah, it's one of those things where, um, depending on who's available, I have like some of the greatest musicians in LA work playing with me. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, my roommate ricky he's out on tour with the butcher babies so they're done they're on tour up until like february of next year so i'll have to find somebody to replace him um in in the record release show in november um but yeah it's one of those things where i even thought like just to keep costs low maybe just me and my girlfriend go across and you know like teacher the keyboard lines and just keep it like minimal like yeah. drum machine and just go like yeah that's what it is enjoy <laughs> yeah like uh, elvis costello and steve naive you do it that way didn't they I, do it? i'm not familiar when, when did that happen that was in the 90s i'm sorry i pulled that really <laughs> big pull on that one they did a tour it was just steve naive and elvis costello like touring and steve naive played like he had drum beats and stuff and it was, it was i think it was just before the imposters album that okay. came out around it was around there I, or or maybe that's part of the imposters too but yeah sorry digression okay do that here a lot um yeah and so yeah you know there's nothing wrong with that right like if you're going to keep it lean and, and go and, and play it's the music like they want to hear the music you want to see a performance but you know sometimes when you put a live drum kit or even a synth drum kit or something it just doesn't it, it's it's not like it people want to hear it how yep. it, was, it was recorded right yeah, the thing is with this, though, is I put all these, like, epic, like, there is a live drummer on the actual album, so it's, uh, hard to even thought, like, what if I was just to do it with the drummer and, and just put everything else on the back of it? I don't know, it's it's tricky. I'm going to try to figure it out, but, like, part of me also wants to just 
hey, anyone in Germany want to play a festival? Like, yeah, looking for a drummer, bass player, and you know, there's that. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Like, yeah, yeah, I did that in Italy. Uh, I, I, I had these guys. And I, they kind of spoke English, and I didn't speak Italian. And we went and played like two shows, and it was like it was fun because I felt like. We had these moments where they were speaking full Italian in the van with each other, and I'd go, "Oh no, 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 no! Walking Dead's on Sunday nights at nine o'clock," and they're like, "What? What are you talking about?" So I pretend I know what they're talking about. So we ended up calling those like Chewbacca moments when Chewbacca goes, "Brah!" You're like, "Ah, oh, yeah. of course yeah. he's saying that. That's what he's saying because he's replying to them in a fashion that he knows what the fuck che- Chewbacca's talking about." Um, I think you might need to reload too. Really? Yeah. Bummer. It's okay. I got Pro Tools. I'll get rid of all that stuff. Nice. <laughs> is that your G5 there in the back? It is. Good nice. eyes. I have the same one. It's a. Uh, that is a, a 2000 and ten. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the. I used that, and I realized like this thing sucks so much energy. Like it's so expensive to run. I had a bunch of these. I was gonna get. Um, and use it, turn it into like a, a mesh of sort, you know, make it into a, and I realized like, no, better just get a laptop, a new one, that'll work better. And it's like, cause they take so much energy to run. Um, yeah, cause where I worked, there's, there was like a whole bunch of them on the loading dock. Cause they were just like, get rid of them. We don't need them anymore. And I just threw them all in my car and I just, I actually had a stack of them over there for a while. And I was eventually just took them to the, to the land, to the recycled landfill part and i bet you somebody drove by and went oh my god because that would have been like fifty thousand dollars worth of computer just sitting there for free (laughs) well i got into this epic car crash in 2010 and i made it like i was like screw driving man like i wrote the car off it was bad i i uh hydroplaned into a pole so it was kind of gnarly and and uh so i took the, the settlement and blew it on a mac pro of 2010 and I just souped it up like it was an eight core and I just got as much RAM as possible. And it still serves me effectively today. Like wow. I maximize the hell out of it. I run plugins up the yin yang. I have a universal audio Apollo. So um, it's, it's just incredible. Like I got it is still like I mean, Apple's pissed. I know mm. they're mad at the fact that this has lasted me this long. Yeah. Well, then they came out with sort of substandardy kind of like after they lost that tower and they put the garbage can out, people mm-hmm. were like, wow, what's going on? And now they've got this new one that's like, it's, you can't even, you like, you gotta, it's pro, pro, okay, it's real pro because you gotta have some big bucks just to buy the base model. Yep. And, and I'm like, I just bought a brand new M1 from last year, um, uh, 15, uh, 16 inch. And um, mm-hmm. I think I'm good. I think I'm good for another, six years because they kind of last me about six years whether whether they do or not they just sort of just at the six-year moment they just go because i use them all the time i use it all the time and i actually i even because i have some old cad software that doesn't run on this i actually have a whole other little computer that just runs like cad stuff you know because i I was like rather than buy the cad again which like four grand it's cheaper Mm -hmm. to buy a little like a 800 hundred dollar laptop and run the whole thing and much more efficiently (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I don't, I think I can tip you over here. No, maybe not. I got more stuff over there. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know. If the man know. cave expands. It does, yeah. And I see a drum kit with microphones ready to go. Yeah, well, the mics aren't out yet, but I actually, uh, yeah, then 
it is kind of like this insane world down here that my kids hate because when that 3D printer's going off, they're like hating life because this thing's like sounds like R2D2's having right, sex down right. here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so any um. Yeah. So sorry. Uh. Yeah. It, it is. It is a tough time to be a musician in today's um economic or social type of environment. Um. Based on the fact that you know, I you know. You got musicians deal with rejection all the time. Like they have to, otherwise they're not going to, you know, expectations aren't never met. And I guess the big question is here is like, how do you, how do you manage to sort of deal with that type of industry? Um, where art and industry kind of bounce off each other. It's interesting when somebody says to me, well, what kind of music do you record or write or whatever? I go, what's your budget? Yeah. I guys stick like and it's kind of a funny joke, but at the same time, I'm serious in the sense that you know, when my record my record label really helped me, um, not my, not young and cold records that signed this we killed, but this record label I did a lot of work for here in LA, they would throw curveballs my way all the time. They're like, I want dubstep, I want K-pop, I want uh garage uh Vietnam garage music. It was insane. It's like, wow. Okay, so I'm, and they're like, yeah, you can you can play all the instruments. So can you uh, then like record us a pop song that sounds like a carbon copy clone of uh, "She's So High Above Me"? What's his name again? Tal Bachman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know. So I would <laughs> I would get sort of like I would just be like a grunt, like a worker among workers. I just like suit up, put on my gloves, and just like put on the hat and just like whatever you want me to do i'll do it to the best of my ability um so that sort of helped me sharpen my skill set regarding like i don't know production essentially so then i would take some of those experiences and and be able to have access to them for my for the sweet kill if i needed it mm -hmm. um so i guess it's sort of like uh the right brain left brain type stuff because when it's doing music like something else and kind of copying it to the best of my ability for the record label. That was an interesting experience and it kind of helped me sharpen that skill set. Um, but then I was able to like, it's, it's, it helped me solidify as an artist who I really am by being able to do so many genres. Yeah. I was able to get really clear on what it is that I, that I love. And, and that's what the sweet kill is. It's all my passion and fury essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I worked a little bit in that in the early 2000s and that type of thing. Like, oh, I did a theme song for a kid show. And oh, it, wow. yeah, and it was it was a British production and it was, it was on Fox TV and it was awesome. But it was like, it's really hard to hit that lightning in the bottle. You know what I mean? It's really hard to sort of like capture it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, because everybody's so fast, they move so everything moves so fast. It's like, well, you know, and they, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, publishing. We don't give publishing. Like, oh, oh, okay. So I get nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, well, yes, that's you get performance royalties, which I still do. But it's like, if it was one percent, yeah. this, this house would be paid for. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, it's that type of like regret. It was like, man, they got me. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the element I I find repulsive about the industry, and everyone is so quick to like want to please, and then they like forego the uh, integrity right mm -hmm. of, of being a business person essentially like that that's the element where 
you know, I'm learning so much from my lawyer, you know, and I'm paying for it, believe me, because lawyers like to get paid their hourly rate. But with all the mistakes that I've made and, and me trying to like make things right with certain past dealings and contracts and such and sound exchange and royalties and neighboring rights and all of that stuff, like I'm getting a crash course on, on how this all works. And yeah. So, so paperwork, I'm starting to get like handled now. Yeah. And you're what, 20 plus year veteran in the, in the industry. <laughs> I'm with you, yep. man. I'm with you. It's like, it's, and that sort of goes back to the original concept of wearing many hats. It's like, if this was 30 years ago, there'd be someone making sure you had what was yours. They'd be taking part of it, but you would have like a team of people that would work behind you and make yep. sure that you were dressed right or making sure you were uh, playing the right music or, or real A&R, like real like artists and repertoire. And it, I don't know, I don't know, the industry seems, it feels like there's some honesty coming back, but I always had sort of optimism, but it always feels like there's just a little bit of snipe, just a weirdness in the, in the air still, even now that artists are literally doing everything. Everything. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a lot to manage for sure. <laughs> Yeah. And like, you know, I always say this, I've said this a thousand fucking times and I, I'm going to say it again. <clears throat> Who said artists need to have, to be able to hold a conversation? Who said artists need to be business savvy? Nobody. You know what I mean? Right. You know, who's saying that is the people who are letting them do all the work for them. You know, you know I read an article with Robert Smith um, from The Cure uh, maybe about 20 years ago when they had like a, an, a, a new album out i can't remember but it was a while ago and he said like I, i'd never had a manager because why would i pay someone to do something i already do yeah and it sort of lit a fire under my butt because i look back on my career and i go like yeah i managed i negotiated that record deal yeah i'm the one that you know spearheaded that tour yeah oh okay so the so I see what he's saying. Like, why would I spend money to give a cut to somebody for stuff I'm already already doing? Yeah, it made a lot of sense to me. But at the same time, like, I could use an agent, man. You know, like I, I could. Yeah. I that person is out there, like, advocating for this tour and that that um, um, opening slot for that band that comes to town or that festival. Like, yeah, that that's where I yeah. could use some help. Yeah, I I feel. The, you know, I got bit in the ass 20 years ago, too, with a label because I was the manager of the band. I wrote all the songs and I was a manager. I was the one making sure that everything was done right. But if you said something like, hey, man, you're doing this and I don't like it because I'm being the, I put the manager hat on and said, you can't. There's certain things that I have questioning. And they're like, well, we're just doing it. I said, well, give me an answer. You know, like, well. You know, we did a tour and said, well, you owe us a thousand dollars. I'm like, that's so crazy. It was $1,000. Was it a thousand and one? Was it 999? How can it be? That's so crazy. Everything like I've tour managed hundreds of bands. And for some reason, it, it's $1,000. Well, yeah. So I said, well, show me receipts. And that was it. They dropped us. It was like, well, because I'm asking managerial questions. Mm -hmm. I'm asking them to be, you know, comp, you know, like, tell me, tell me, I'll pay it but I'm not paying it if it's just a thousand dollars. Right. Give me proof. Yep. And that was it. We were done. And it's like, Oh, well, there you go. But if it would have been a manager, I would have said, well, the band could have come back and said, Oh yeah, you know, he's the, that's, here's our manager. He's asking the question. Oh, we're just musicians. You know, mm -hmm. it's a tough 
road to navigate, especially when the industry is kind of small. You know, we think about it. It's not huge. But there's no shortage of really good bands out there right now. And I mm. think that the, the radio play that was once so sought after comes in the form of like playlisting. Yeah. You know, I've started this um, dark and gothic playlist called Shadow Zone. And it's sort of like in the brand of my studio, Shadow Zone Sound. My my American record label is Shadow Zone Records. Um, it's an imprint, obviously, for Young and Cold. Um, I do whenever we play a, a show, it's under the realm of Shadow Zone Night. So then I'll, it just made sense for the playlist to be called Shadow Zone Playlist. And um, and it's interesting, like I, the community of the bands in the genre that I'm working within is like it's pretty tight. There's a lot of great bands out there and we're all getting to know each other and they're all like, you know, I'm, I'm updating the playlist probably on the monthly with new submissions and mm-hmm. just kind of trying to create a community. And, 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 and that's like, it's interesting because it works out like, okay, I, can you put my band on your playlist and I'll put your band on my playlist. And then it's just like the playlist community and the band community. And it's all like a close knit thing. Um, but there's so much out there, especially now. I feel that like dark and gothic is like pretty prominent. Um, you know, maybe the kids that were reading Harry Potter growing up are now like in that <laughs> age group where there's like, I need that throwback, bro. You yeah, know? yeah. No, it's you said community, and that's a very important word when it comes to uh, bi- music and musicians kind of sticking together or even having a camp of sort. Because what makes a viral hit? Nobody knows, but I do know that if I have a hundred of my friends around me, that there's going to be at least a hundred plays. And that's, you yep. know, a hundred plays is better at trying to hit at some sort of uh, organic um, success. You have a hundred chances to do it rather than just you and your band on Spotify or on well, Apple Music, right? Each one of those hundred people has a hundred people. So yeah. we're talking that, that one song can get a million streams and that and just quite quickly, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you're connected enough. Yeah, and that's sort of that is an interesting concept of thinking. Like, well, now we can use this whole concept of the, of uh, say, the streaming platform to our advantage. Someone figured out it's like this sort of form of chaos. It's like, well, it'll figure out somehow. It'll work out somehow. You know what I mean? It's not always just about how the labels are going to make money off this. It's like how are the bands going to have to figure out how to do it. Art always finds a way somehow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, art I, seeks its own level. That I've is that a quote or did you just make that I up? Just made, I, That's just made fucking it up. You know, water yeah. seeks its own label. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, because I was just sorry, I was working on something and I uh, the concept of this thing I was doing uh, that, that the person was talking about when you make a reunion show and then the water levels out. I'm like, that's what sort of hit me. Like, oh yeah, it's right because everything like explodes when you reunite as a band and then I'll find it. It finds its level at the end of it all. So yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, uh, well, man, are there any chances of coming up to uh, the Toronto area of vicinity? I would love to. You know, I haven't been in Canada since uh, 19, 2019 because of the pandemic. So, Oh, you mentioned pandemic. I need like a little I, ding, 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 ding. ding, ding, ding you ding, just ding, said yep. pandemic. <laughs> you won an award. <laughs> did I win the prize? You, yeah. you actually did. You went the longest. That's 38 minutes. Of not talking about the pandemic, you sir have won a radio set from. Oh, I don't know. I would love a radio set <laughs> for the kids that I haven't been haven't been born yet. Yes, please. Yeah, sorry, yeah. No, sorry. I'm, I would I love to. I would love yeah. to. I think that 2023 is the most realistic at this point. Yeah. Bearing in mind that the world's still here, um, I would love to come to Toronto, and I, I it would, 
Is there North by Northeast? Is that still happening? I I thought it. No, I don't think it happened last year um, or the year before. If it did, it was all virtual, which isn't a real thing. Yeah. It's not a real, yeah. thing. It's not a real thing. But uh, yeah, we have Canadian Music Week. Week being the, oper- uh, the operative word. Um, we have North by Northeast and then Putzefest, which I think is more punk rock based in Montreal. They do sort of like a like almost like a North by Northeast or South by Southwest kind of event where all the venues do that stuff. And there used to be a yeah. thing called uh, Burley Calling, which was Burlington had their own type of like that type of idea, which all the little venues take over. And yeah, yeah. Anytime you should come up and uh, you know do stuff. And you know the whole thing about putting a band together—that's you know—I don't think it's that important. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, essentially, the Sweet Kill is a benign dictatorship, uh, and I, I, I kind of, you know, been in so many bands over the years, and we fight about the G major versus the E minor. It's like, you know, I just want to do my thing, man. Yeah. And so the exhaustion of like being like a team player for so many years is just kind of like I just want to do this thing. And being that I'm a producer, I can just kind of have the it's yeah. at my fingertips, anyways. So yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you know, listen, uh, the, you have the single out, and then the full length is coming out, you say, in s- September? September? October. Well, it's available if you want to purchase it. The label will me- mail it out to you. Um, okay. But that's the thing. It's on Bandcamp, and we do a collaboration with Young and Cold Records on Bandcamp, so we've amalgamated our Bandcamps. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we get our, our pay scale is based off of that, mm-hmm. you know, with the deal I have with the record label. Um, so... I, I think it's just it's like streamable on the Shadow Zone playlist. Um, it's streamable on Spotify. Um, you know, like the Sweet Kill on Spotify across all mediums. You could there's a video dropping August 22nd called Darkness. It's the main title track of the album Darkness, mm-hmm. and pretty proud of it. We got a panther in the video. Uh, <laughs> we got some S and M ladies. Uh, BDSM ladies with their like all latex gear and it was a really really fun video to to, to film um, and it really hammers home like the darkness yeah 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 well for sure I will put all that stuff up when uh, when this comes out it'll be about a week or so and and okay. uh, but yeah man it's good talking and like you know stay in touch anything you need to know let me any other type of stuff you're doing um, this thing happens. Ah, uh, not always every week, but it's it's um I'm like 327 episodes in, so it's uh amazing. It's been going Congrats. for a while. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, awesome. it's like it's, it's this is I've been doing this longer than any other band I've ever played in, so I guess this is a a win. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Congrats, man. Thanks, man. All right, good to meet you, Pete. Yeah, likewise, Simon. Okay, take care. Bye. And that was Pete from The Sweet Kill. And you know what? The audio, that was, I just forgot about all the audio that was happening. His, uh, his internet connection. Um, who said everything was great in L.A.? I know their internet's not awesome. Listen. You listen. You'd hear it. L.A. Anyways, so that was Pete. Thank you so much, Pete, for doing the episode. And sorry it took a little while to get out. I have been so incredibly busy. Uh, today is the start of September. And I was supposed to get this out last week, and I did not. And I apologize, Pete. And I apologize, Chad. Because, um, yeah, it's not like me. Well, it is like me. And uh, so, yeah, so what's happening? I'm doing this documentary on Lois the Low. I am planning a bicycle trip for three days, which I've never done before. I uh, just got off some shows with Los Low. I did a couple of shows throughout Ontario. 
just got back two days uh, yesterday, day before, and uh, I'm going down to Florida in a week or so with my folks driving down to Florida, driving down and helping them drive their RV down there. And then I'm flying home. So I have a busy September. So, uh, so there. Um, yeah. So I don't know who's going to be on next, uh, but there will be somebody. The show is not ending. Okay. Just a, I don't know. There's been a lot of rumor out there that this show is uh, going off the air. But listen, I, I come here and I tell you, no, listen, none of that's happening. Um, I'm just taking a bit of a bit of a break with trying to get episodes out on a weekly basis because I'm busy. So. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Whoever's been here uh, week after week, um, besides my mom, because I know my mom listens. Hi, mom. But, and, uh, that's it. All right. See you next time. Okay, bye.